wondered why there's a mermaid on your coffee cup at Starbucks. Where exactly can you find the best sales? And when is the best time to buy a house? Maybe you'd like to know how to ask for a raise. And can you actually win in Vegas? Well, fortunately for you, Professor Juan has been teaching for over a decade and he will give you the answers to all of these questions and many more. So settle in, grab a drink and get ready. This world is crazy and this is one side of the story. Right. Good evening, everyone. How are how's everybody out there? What do you? <laughs> I can see Ernie out of the corner of my eye doing something really weird, and I don't know what you're Hello. doing. <laughs> it's me. Hey, everybody! Glad to be here. <laughs> Ernie with a big intro on today's show. It's kind of a, a hit to Juan with his computer, as you could tell. That was Adele singing "Hello." No people out there. I'm having, we got to do a GoFundMe account for anybody that would like to help fund me. I definitely need a computer. Ernie's trying to sell me on an iMac. We'll see if that works. MacBook Pro. I'll set up a GoFundMe account. We need to make this happen. But yes, Ernie, that was an awesome intro. Hello from sunny Cincinnati. Very happy to be in sunny Cincinnati. So I'll be honest, we've had a little bit of good luck here in the fall. We were in Denver, Colorado last week, for those of you just turning into the the show. And I thought that was a lot of fun. So we were broadcasting last week's podcast from the dugout of the Colorado Rockies baseball stadium. And this week, equally great weather. It's about 70, I don't know, mid-70s in awesome Cincinnati. And we're coming to you live from a suspension bridge which has been turned into only a pedestrian bridge between Ohio and Kentucky. So I want credit from all the listeners. I think we're the first podcast ever to be broadcasting live while standing on a bridge in two states. And if I look down at our feet, Ernie, it looks like you're in what state? Where are you? I'm in Ohio, sir. <laughs> Ernie's looking at this barge that's it's like a big flat I'm just barge. captivated by this view that I'm looking at before I came in look at my feet I'm sorry I was so distracted so listeners you have to I can try to paint you a picture the Ohio River is a very nice river it's very large but it's very muddy and kind of brown not very wavy but it's brown it looks like it's I don't know it's not really blue it seems to be churning up some of the the sediment but anyway the Ohio River is wonderful so Ernie is literally in Ohio, and I am in Kentucky. I think we're the first podcast ever to be broadcasting from a bridge, and we are literally doing this in two different states at the same time. So a round of applause for us. Yep, two different states. I 100% agree with that. Very, very, very cool. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, guys. Guys, please, please, please sit down. It's okay. Thank you. <laughs> That's exactly right. I think we deserve a pretty decent round of applause for that. Okay. Very happy to be in Cincinnati, Ohio for today's episode. And there's just lots of cool things to talk about as always. For those of you that are just tuning in for the first time, my name is Juan Holguin. I'm a marketing professor now uh, for about 15, 16 years. Very happy to be, to be bringing you this podcast. And with me as always, my faithful companion, Ernie. Say hello to the people, Ernie. Hello, hello, everybody. Happy to be here with Juan, the great Hugin. Very excited. We like the Midwest. Very nice people out here. And we're going to be bringing you some facts, some interesting facts about Cincinnati. 
We'll talk to you about some people from the area. As always, movies, music, some business. We've definitely got a good show for you today. Ernie, you want to start us off with a cool fact about Cincinnati, Ohio that we just learned on our trip? Absolutely. So one thing I just found out was underneath Cincinnati is the largest abandoned subway system. It was built in the back in the early 1900s, but was abandoned due to cost. But can you believe that one? There's a abandoned subway system underneath Cincinnati. No. So listeners, uh, if you, again, if you're just tuning in, Ernie and I love to travel. And one thing that always, I think is fascinating, but is also creepy at the same time is how many, I mean, you learn about the history of these cities as we travel and you find out just how, how we traveled a hundred years ago or 200 years ago. And you see how we got from place to place. And it's just fascinating. And Chicago, New York, and now Cincinnati, we find out that there's bunkers, there's underground railroads and subway systems, just a lot of history. And it's fascinating, but creepy at the same time, is what I would say. I don't know what kind of things you could encounter in an underground subway system. I mean, the way movies portray it, it's always like a new civilization that lives under there. No, yeah, they're going to come up from the manholes and just eat us or something. (laughs) Or I don't know, some kind of ghost comes out of nowhere. No, but that's a cool fact. Um, So here's another one. So I'm actually going to give this to you, but Ernie actually dug this out. This was fascinating. So Cincinnati, Ohio is the birthplace of Plato. <laughs> so I'm dating myself because I know a lot of you play with video games nowadays and everything's on the computers. But Plato was one of my absolute favorite toys when I was a kid. And Ernie, please tell the listeners, why, why was Plato invented? Well, it was first invented for, guess what? To clean wallpapers. I'm not even believing you. There's no way. There's no that's way. Exactly, There's no way. That's exactly what it was used for. To clean wallpaper. That's just insane. And then, so it kind of didn't work out. And talking to some friends, the creator figured out that art students were having difficulty manipulating this very thick model clay. And the creator found out that you could use Play-Doh as kind of a substitute. And the rest is kind of history. So Play-Doh created in Cincinnati, Ohio. First manufactured in Cincinnati, Ohio. And the third one, Ernie, are we excited about the third fun fact of Cincinnati, Ohio? Ha ha ha! fest. <laughs> one of the best things, oh my God, I'm, one of my favorite beers, one of my favorite times of the year. Uh, Cincinnati, Ohio has the largest Oktoberfest in the United States. And Ernie, tell the listeners what they call it in Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati. 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 Correctly. No, we've talked to different locals and we're getting different pronunciations, but the largest Oktoberfest in the United States, and according to the locals, and I'm going to put all the blame on them, it's the second largest Oktoberfest in the world, obviously the first being in Germany, but Wunderbar. the second largest Oktoberfest in the... I'm sorry? Wunderbar. That means like wonderful in German. <laughs> no, there you go. Wunderbar. <laughs> the largest Oktoberfest in the United States. So very happy to be here. But that's a good time to bring up some sad news in today's podcast journey. So I was very excited. I was so excited to announce to our listeners that on our very, what, our third episode, (laughs) on our third episode, we had launched into a internship program. I was so excited. We've got lots of applications. We did a, a nice screening process. We hired a young lad, a young gentleman that I thought had all the promise in the world named Jimmy. 
And we had brought him on to do uh, some research for us and help us plan our schedules and our events. And Jimmy convinced us he was really good at that. I can't even put into words how saddened I am. So we are in Cincinnati, Ohio on October the 5th. This is Wednesday, October the 5th. And the Oktoberfest in Cincinnati, Ohio was September 16th through 18th. And I'm putting, I can't even tell you, all of the blame on the planet goes to Jimmy, who did not do our research and did not get our tickets booked in time. And we are now not going to make Oktoberfest in Cincinnati. Again, the largest Oktoberfest in the country, and we are not going. So Ernie, what are we going to do with Jimmy, the intern? <laughs> I'm like, I'm happy and I'm sad at the same time, Ernie. What do you think? I mean, I really wanted to be at Cincinnati, so I'm okay with letting him go because now I have to be here with you. And no offense, I love being here with you out here, <laughs> but wow, I want to be in there and be like DJ Khaled. <laughs> another one. And get another beer. You know, I can't do that out here, so... Jiminy Christmas. Jiminy Christmas, Jimmy. I, oh my God, Jiminy Christmas, you let us down. So I am not having an October. I am not, ladies and gentlemen, having a beer right now because of Jimmy the intern. So he's fired, 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 fired. So listeners out there. <laughs> I, th- I think people are proud. <laughs> people are excited. Ladies and gentlemen of the audience, if anybody's interested in an internship position, the application process is now open. So go to our website, juansideofthestory.com. Drop us a line. If you're so inclined, send us a PDF of your resume, and hopefully we'll be in touch. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, if you guys are wondering what our criteria is, it's simple. Don't be an idiot. Changed my life. <laughs> Don't be an idiot. <laughs> Get us to freaking October Vest on time. My goodness. But again, you know, when one door shuts, another opens. So we're looking for an intern for next week. Again, go to our website, juansideofthestory.com, and let us know what your qualifications are. We're looking forward to that. So, Ernie, uh, you want to tell us, like, I'm losing my train of thought. I really want an Oktoberfest in my hand right now. But I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to suck it up. We're on the bridge. It's a little breeze over here. Again, I'm in Kentucky, so there's a breeze. Uh, you want to tell the folks out there who is from Cincinnati, Ohio? Well, Juan, I mean, we're on a bridge, right? What's underneath the bridge is some water, right? Our first person <laughs> is someone, no other than Steven Spielberg. And ladies and gentlemen, why is Ernie playing that song? What is that song referencing, Ernie? It's one of the movies he made that's very famous. That absolutely is. Everyone was a pause. <laughs> No, but Steven Spielberg is from uh, Cincinnati, uh, one of probably the best directors. He also is a part of uh, Indiana Jones, and that is my wife's, well, one of my wife's favorite rides at Disneyland is the Indiana (laughs) Jones ride, and we actually got to see him at the D23 convention. We was advertising the new Indiana Jones movies are going to be coming out, so another thing I'm excited about, but yeah, thank you. Again, for the people that are just tuning in for the first time to our show, Ernie takes every conceivable avenue, path, hint, 
cracking the door to put in a, a comment about Disneyland. I It's bordering on insanity at this point. If anybody's listening, I do have a Disney pass that you can renew for free and I'll take all sponsorships. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Ernie, for your weekly Disneyland update and report. But no, Steven Spielberg, one of the best uh, directors of all time, of course. And the second one is uh, one of my favorite actors. And I'm a little disappointed because he's kind of dropped out of the, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. He's dropped out of the scene lately. Once he gets married, he kind of has been doing some other uh, events and programs. His schedule is otherwise booked. But a Mr. George Clooney is from Cincinnati, Ohio. And this would be a great topic. And I'm going to ask you, Ernie, in a second about your favorite Batman. But my favorite thing about George Clooney is that he did the Ocean's Eleven trilogy, we're going to call it. And we could also talk about that because I definitely have a strong opinion as to the quality of Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, and 13. But I love his character and Brad Pitt and Matt Damon and everybody else. One of the best casts of all time in the Ocean's trilogy. In fact, that might be more interesting. But Ernie, which of the Batmans, are you a Clooney Batman fan? Although I did like George Clooney as Batman and, you know, to see Arnold Schwarzenegger be Mr. Freeze. That was, it was funny. It was, it was hilarious. But my <laughs> actual favorite Batman is Christian Bale. No, I'm gonna, I'm, I second that. Uh, and Ernie and I have an inside joke about Christian Bale from back in the days at uh, his school. But I'm going to second that. Christian Bale is a great Batman. But Clooney was, not, you know, was pretty good as well. But Ocean's Eleven, just one of my favorite characters of all time. And then third, Ernie, so I'm going to let you introduce the character, but the name of today's episode is from a movie from 1979, and just so the listeners know, Star Wars actually came out in 1977, and as near as I can tell, or as near as I remember is the better way to say it, as near as I can remember, that was the first movie that really engaged, you know, that really used a backdrop of space for the movie, and that's Star Wars in 1977. But Alien came out in 1979, and it did something that had just not been done before, really. And that combined space and horror, and I just think is one of the most iconic movies of all time. I'm making this up right now, but I'm going to say top 10. And that's Alien in 1979. Just between the space and the creepiness and the horror factor was just shocking. And one of my favorite lines from that movie is from Ripley, who is uh, played by... Uh, Sigourney Weaver, an extremely underrated actress, loves Sigourney Weaver. And at the end of that movie, she says, this is Ripley, last survivor of the Nostromo, signing off. And it's just a great line after a very fast-paced, very tense, very... I mean, you're you're just tense the whole movie. It's such a great movie. Uh, so much suspense. And I think that's a great line. So the name of today's episode is this is Ripley, last survivor of the Nostromo, signing off. A great reference to space. And why is that important for today's episode, Ernie? Well, we also have somebody from here. Sorry, I did a long pause there. But um, first person <laughs> to walk on the moon. Who do you think that is, Juan? Oh, you probably know. I mean, I am very confident I know the answer to that, and that is Mr. Neil Armstrong. That is Mr. Neil Armstrong. You're absolutely right. In my classes, I'll bring up, this is pretty interesting. So I've been teaching for now 15, 16 years, and things change, right? Times change, students change. And lately, what's been an interesting topic for me is I'll bring up the moon landing, and 
I'm making this up. It's not like I keep statistics, but when I was teaching 15, 16 years ago, maybe one student would argue with me that we didn't land on the moon. And maybe more recently, there's been two or three. But even more recently, I'm getting, I mean, I'm not going to say it's like a quarter of the class, but there's a lot of people that uh, will argue that we didn't land on the moon. So I think, I don't know if that's a... Like your whole class. <laughs> that is, oh my God, I love that little line there. Michael from The Office. I love that line. No, I don't, you know, I don't want to get onto the whole topic of whether we landed on the moon, but I don't know if that's a TikTok thing or I don't know. But I am, all I'm going to say is that I believe we landed on the moon and I believe we did that on July 20th, 1969. And I believe very specifically that Neil Armstrong stepped onto the moon at 10.56 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 11.56 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Neil Armstrong stepped onto the surface of the moon and said that very famous line, Avengers! <laughs> was, it, was, was it not that? Was it not? No, it was. That was uh, epic. I thought that's what right? he said. That was... I thought he said Avengers Assemble <laughs> as he's walking on the moon. I don't, I don't, so Buzz Aldrin was the co-pilot or the, you know, officer on board. I don't know if Captain America was there, but no, the line wasn't uh, Avengers Assemble. Do you disagree with me? Do you think that was, was he there? I could have swore Captain America was there. No, he might've been there. It was America. I'm going to give, I'm going to say Captain America at that time was actually Neil Armstrong. So the famous line is that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And I think that's just a, Again, my opinion, but one of the most iconic, you know, events in American history. Neil Armstrong ended up passing away on August the 25th, 2012, at the age of 82. Decorated veteran, a family man, and I would say an American hero. And he was born just um, in a city, not actually born in Cincinnati, but uh, up the way in a town. And I'm going to blow this, I'm sure. And people in Ohio... You can go to my website, you can go to our Instagram, Juan's side of the story, and you can tell me how bad my pronunciation was. But I'm going to say it's Wapakoneta. Wapakoneta. That sounds pretty good. Born in Wapakoneta, Ohio, but uh, just kind of up the way a little bit from Cincinnati. And there's an excellent mural, an ex- one of my favorite murals in the country. Again, for the first time listeners, when I travel, that's an absolute must. I cannot leave a city. I will not leave a city. I mean, I'll, I've paid for Ubers and cabs, and I will not leave a city until I have a picture of an iconic mural. And the Neil Armstrong mural is just amazing. It's, I'm going to say three, four stories, maybe even five. It's uh, on the side of a bank, and it's at 511 Walnut Street in Cincinnati. One of the best murals in the United States, in my opinion. 511 Walnut Street, uh, a mural of Neil Armstrong. Hey, Wait for it. Dairy. <laughs> I, Neil Armstrong, I think he's an American hero. So there we go. Uh, Steven Spielberg, George Clooney, and Neil Armstrong, all from Cincinnati, Ohio. Or again, Wapakoneta. So the next thing, Ernie, we want to do is we're going to talk about, um, as always, we want to talk about a little bit of business. And listeners, first-time listeners, or the returning listeners, loyal listeners, Juan has a story for you. So Juan Holguin is 23 years old, 
and has a degree in marketing in his hand and is offered not one, but two positions at Procter & Gamble. And Procter & Gamble is from where? Cincinnati, Ohio. So I'm going <laughs> to skip the very embarrassing story. Ernie, I can see Ernie getting ready. He's, he's in it. That was a daily double because <laughs> you hit both of them right there. <laughs> so I blew the daily double, people. That's all I'm going to say. I blew the daily double. And I turned down not one, but two different job offers to pursue another endeavor. And we'll talk about that maybe in a later uh, episode. But I turned down, turned down two different offers from Procter & Gamble. I guess I could have started my career in Cincinnati, Ohio. And they had just built their new headquarters down there. And Procter & Gamble, for those of you that don't know, they pretty much make everything in your house that you use to clean either yourself or your clothes. I'm going to read you the list. It's just shocking. When I go down this list in my class, I really wish I could do like a little video or take a, a screenshot. Or, you Capture know, the reaction. Photo. Yeah. Some of these faces, I think, could win us prizes on game shows. But I'll scroll down the list after I say the following fact. After I say the following fact. So the average American that's single has over 10 products in their house right now made by Procter & Gamble. Over 10 products. Once you're married, it's over 15 products. And once you bring a little one into the planet, ladies and gentlemen, the average American with a child has over 20 products in their house made by Procter & Gamble. And Ernie, what kind of faces do you think I get when I say that little factoid? You get shocked looks, I bet, but I'm pretty sure this could be like a a segment on Family Feud. It could be like, top five things. And as soon as someone says something, we're like... (laughs) No, that's really good. So, okay, let's do a little quiz. Is Bounce made by Procter & Gamble? I'm going to say yes. Is that on the board? Bounce. There true? you go. Was that Bounce good? is made by Procter & Gamble, yes. Okay. Is Downey made by Procter & Gamble? I'm going to say no. No, Ernie. Of course it's made by Procter & Gamble. Oh, dang it. I'm going to make this easy on you. Are you ready? So I'm going to put her in the spot. Have you seen Ted? Yes, I have with Mark Wahlberg. Yes. yes. Is that not a great movie? Yes. It's a very good movie. Absolutely one of my favorite movies of all time. So listeners out there, do you remember the scene where Mark Wahlberg is talking to Ted about all the girls' names? What's the scene, Ernie? The teddy bear's oh. listing his girlfriend's <laughs> name? Yeah, because he's like, it's a, it's a, it's like a trash name or something like that. You think it's a white, a white girl's trash? A white, yes. what do you call it? A trashy uh, girl? I don't a know, white trash that? or something like that. Yes, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. So one of my favorite scenes in all of movies is how many names Mark Wahlberg just rattles off in 10 seconds. And then has to do it again because it's... With a B name. Yeah. So Mark Wahlberg in like 10 seconds rattles off all the names. So I'm going to kind of challenge myself and see if I can name all the Procter & Gamble brands. Just as, maybe not as fast as him, but I'm going to try. Are we ready? Wait, hold on. Before you do, wait, wait, before you do that, let me, let me play the scene of what you're talking about. Just in case our listeners didn't hear it, just yeah. so you know what Juan's about to do. Awesome. Yeah. How's work? It sucks. Yeah. You? Yeah, you know, not bad, actually. I, I met a girl. She's a cashier. No way. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we should <laughs> double date or something. You, me, and Laurie, and now, well, what's her name? White trash name. Yes. Mandy. Nope. Marilyn. Nope. Brittany. Nope. Tiffany. Nope. Candace. Nope. 
Don't me on this. I know this. Do you see me with you? All right, speed round. I'm gonna rattle off some names when I hit it. Buzz it, okay? You got me? Yeah. All right, Brandy, Heather, Channing, Brianna, Amber, Sabrina, Melody, Dakota, Sierra, Bambi, Crystal, Samantha, Autumn, Ruby, Taylor, Tara, Tammy, Lauren, Charlene, Chantel, Courtney, Misty, Jenny, Krista, Mindy, Noel, Shelby, Trina, Reba, Cassandra, Nikki, Kelsey, Shauna, Jolene, Erling, Claudia, Savannah, Casey, Dolly, Kendra, Kali, Chloe, Devin, Emily, Becky. Was it any one of those names with a Lynn after it? Yes. Oh, I got you. <laughs> I got you. Okay. Brandy Lynn, Hevelyn, Tammy Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's funny scenes in movies and there's funny scenes in movies. That is awesome. Oh, my God. A ridiculous shout out to Mr. Mark Wahlberg. And apologies to any woman listening that has those names. No, excellent point, Ernie. That we disagree with Mark Wahlberg completely, right? That's nothing to do with white trash. Those are excellent names for excellent beautiful young ladies. Names. Yeah, beautiful names for beautiful young ladies. We love you, Mandy Lynn, Heather Lynn, absolutely. But no, I'm not going to challenge myself to go toe to toe with Mark Wahlberg. But I'm going to do a Juan version, a professor version of that. So here are, in fact, I'm not going to name them all, but I'm going to go through some of the brands made by Procter and Gamble in Ohio. Unless you guys are driving or listening to us as you're going to work, maybe you could kind of keep a mental list of how many of these products are in your house. And again, tell me if it's over 10. So go to our Instagram, Juan's side of the story, and let us know. That would be awesome. Let us know how many of these brands are in your house. Ernie, are we ready? I'm ready when you are, Juan. Okay. Oh, here, let me give, let me give you some uh, theme music. Here. No, no, no. Don't pressure, pressure, pressure. It what are has you going gonna... to. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> oh, during the song? Or no? Oh no, we'll cut it off. I'll cut it off. Okay, I don't know if I can do that. I'm, I'm going to break my concentration. Yeah, you get you, an everything. Okay. Oh my gosh. I, I still have Heather Lynn and Tammy Lynn and all those things in my names. This in my head. That's terrible. Okay. Okay, deep breath. And go. We have Loves, Pampers, Ariel, Bounce, Cheer, Downy, Drift, Era, Gain, Rindex, Tide, Bounty, Charmin, Puffs, Always, Tampax, L, Braun, Gillette, Venus, The Art of Shaving, Aussie, Head and Shoulders, Herbalescences, Old Spice, Pantene, Ambipure, Cascade, Dawn, Febreze, Gain, Mr. Clean, Salvo, Swiffer, Crest, Fixident, Oral-B, Scope, Align, Clear Blue, Metamucil, Pepto-Bismol, Prilosec, Vix, Zequil, Gillette, Ivory, Native, and Secret Snowberry and SK2 anti-aging face care. Do I get a round wow. of applause for that? I think yes. That was probably one of the most <laughs> impressive things I've seen. I mean, it wasn't a Mark Wahlberg. No, I'm not taking this job. Yeah. It was actually a pretty impressive one. I'm not taking this job, but I'm also not that good looking, so it's fine. I like my gig. He can have the acting gig, I'll take the podcaster gig. It's fine. Again, go to our Instagram, Juan's Side of the Story, and let us know how many of those products you have in your house. And I'm going to wager like I do in every single class, and I can tell you after 16 years, not once have I ever been proven wrong. I would bet you that every single one of our listeners has at least 10 of those products in your house right now. 10. And they're all from Procter & Gamble. And the little key is that they don't... So in marketing, we would call that branding... And we would call that family branding. And what's interesting is if you go to the, if you go down aisle number four at your local grocery store, you're going to see the cereal aisle and you're going to see that it's Kellogg's this and Kellogg's that. And if you go down aisle number seven, you're going to see Frito-Lay this and Frito-Lay that. Well, throughout the store, you're going to buy your Procter & Gamble items, but it's not going to say Procter & Gamble 
this and Procter Gamble that. In fact, you may never even know it's Procter and Gamble, but when you go back to the, if you look on the back of the box or the bottle, some will say Procter and Gamble, some will say P and G, and some are just going to say Cincinnati, Ohio. And yes, I'm exaggerating, but I tell my students that if you go to the box or the bottle and it says Cincinnati, Ohio, there's a 99.9% chance that's Procter and Gamble. They basically make everything we use in our house. And if it's from Cincinnati, I'm pretty confident it's from P&G. <laughs> that is probably right. That it's that's just an amazing story. What a huge, huge corporation Procter and Gamble is, and they make really good quality products. I think the listeners will find it interesting. Let me give you a little bit of history about Procter and Gamble. Procter and Gamble goes back just quite a ways, 1837. And this is one of the most fascinating stories I think there is in business. So a gentleman, as you might expect, they are called uh, Procter & Gamble. So William Proctor comes over from England and is a candle maker in Cincinnati, Ohio. Again, William Proctor comes over from England and is a candle maker in Cincinnati, Ohio. And why did he come there? Because that was a busy center of commerce in the early 19th century. And he meets a, a gentleman named James Gamble, who had come over from Ireland. And he was uh, an apprentice, if you will, uh, as a soap maker. So we have an Englishman and an Irishman meeting in Cincinnati, one a candle maker, one a soap maker. How did they meet? Well, they met because they married different sisters. Well, that's a dumb thing to say. Of course, <laughs> of course, they're married different sisters. But they marry sisters, uh, Olivia and Elizabeth Norris, and their father convinced his new son-in-laws to become business partners. So you married my daughter, Olivia. <laughs> you married my daughter, Elizabeth. You make candles. You make soap. Why don't we see if we can make something work? And they start an enterprise now known as Procter & Gamble. Ernie, have you heard of a crazier story than that? No, Juan. That's... I didn't even know that, that that was a whole story behind it, to be honest with you. That's just, oh my gosh, I can't imagine. You marry somebody, you meet, you marry somebody else, and then we meet and start the largest conglomerate in American hygiene history, uh, 1837. English, Irish, and now we have Procter & Gamble. Just crazy. I guess the last little interesting thing here is the Proctor's eldest son, William Proctor, William A. Proctor, to be exact, was the first P&G president in 1890. The first president in 1890. The Gamble's eldest son, not to be outdone or you know, not without a claim to fame, the Gamble's eldest son, James N. Gamble, invented ivory soap, invented ivory soap, and founded the first laboratory in P&G history. So not only were the fathers amazing people, but their sons didn't do too badly themselves. I think that's a cool little story there about Proctor and Gamble. Again, we're super excited to be in Cincinnati. Ernie, what do what do you think I'm going to say about Cincinnati, Ohio? Can you guess? Can that, you guess? Is it in relation to music? No. Do I like Cincinnati, Ohio? Relation, I think you you love Cincinnati, Ohio. What do I think about Cincinnati, Ohio? That's probably the best place you've been. It's one of the best cities. <laughs> it's one of, one of my favorite cities. cities in the United States. <laughs> oh my god, a little joke there. I. I love Cincinnati, Ohio. Definitely one of my favorite cities in the United States, uh, and didn't hadn't had the privilege of visiting that until fairly recently. So I'm very happy to be here again. 
So before we get into the next little segment, it's actually about a place we'd like to go. So Ernie, is there any place else? Is there any place in Cincinnati you're looking forward to going to? Well, I mean, I am a foodie. I'm not going to lie about that. Um, And Cincinnati is known for its chili. And as you can guess, my favorite band is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So I will be checking out the Skyline Chili. And I heard also about the Camp Washington Chili. That sounds pretty good. Did you know that Cincinnati eats over 2 million pounds of chili each year? That's just an average weekend for my family on the Super Bowl weekend. What about 850,000 pounds of shredded cheese? That's an average baseball weekend, maybe during the World Series. How many? How much cheese is on a plate of nachos in my house? About that much. I was going to say probably like 18,000, 19,000 pounds. Something like that. No, that's impressive. That's crazy as heck. So lot, no, lots of good food. We're... Again, we're big foodies. There's going to be some good some good grub in the greater Cincinnati area. A couple of nice bars we're going to explore as well. Um, I've been told that one has a bunch of projector slides on the wall, and it says Lost on one of the far walls. That should be a great place to go. And there's another bar that's apparently built in a bunker, so I'm excited to visit that one as well. Apparently, several stories underground, if you can believe it. There's also a steakhouse that I'm going to be looking forward to. But again, I'm a big art guy. So I have to see murals and when I go to a city because they have a tourist attraction, but a marketing business attraction or a tourist attraction called the American Sign Museum. And I was lucky enough to go, uh, I was lucky enough to visit this previously. And I'm looking forward again to our second trip here or my second trip here. I want to go back to the American Sign Museum. Had such a great time. And listeners, you may not, you definitely don't know this, but in my dining room, I have a picture of a neon sign that I took at the museum. And that's on my wall in my dining room. Just very iconic, a neon McDonald's sign. So the, <laughs> very classic, very historical. The Ameri- I'm loving it, Juan. I'm loving it. Ernie, sing it. Say it. Da, 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 da. I'm loving it. There you go. Ernie does a lot better than me. The American Sign Museum is the largest public sign museum in the United States. And not only does it uh, is it for show and uh, entertainment, but it also promotes sign preservation and restoration. And it shows nearly 100 years of signage. And they've taken... They just do a wonderful job. And as you're walking, they do... Uh, a wonderful job of relaying the history and the dates and kind of the progression of signs in the United States. Definitely one of the my absolute favorite places in the in the entire country. Super super awesome. Twenty thousand square feet of signs, neon signs. And if you're a marketing or business major, but certainly if you're a marketing major or a foodie, this just has to appeal to you. You have to go to this museum. Just one of the best places in the world. So looking forward to that. We've done studies and children as young as three are, and certainly younger, but we've done studies and children by the age of three will recognize a yellow M or the golden arches as being McDonald's. So as young as three, children will see this logo and recognize that that's McDonald's. And I think that's telling two things. It tells a lot about our society, but also about the importance of a logo and how important signage is. And I think it'd be interesting to tell the listeners a little bit about Neon. Neon was first invented by a gentleman named George Claude, who's a French engineer, 
And he does this at the Paris Motor Show in 1910. And how does he do that? Is he shows off his invention, for lack of a better word, by running a voltage through the electrodes that are in a sealed glass tube containing rarefied uh, gas, right? A very rarefied gas, neon. And he discovered that the tube would give off this kind of a glow. And he works on that for a couple of years. And lo and behold, by 1923, this neon signage is brought to the United States and first sold to a Packard car dealership in L.A. So, Ernie, I'm going to put you on the spot. Have you ever heard of a Packard automobile? No. A very classic car. My dad actually says that his, my dad will say that his dad drove a Packard. So my grandfather drove a Packard. But these neon signs were in L.A. So all the Rangelinos out there kind of be proud of that fact. And apparently the gossip is that they were so bright that they would even glow during the daytime. So oh, 1923. So here's a, a couple of interesting little, you know, more factoids for you. Neon signs that specifically used the rare gas of neon mostly glowed red and orange and various tones of red and orange. So argon in combinations with mercury and phosphorescent coatings on the glass were used to make the other colors ranging from blue to yellow, green, purple, and even white. But neon was really responsible mostly for red and orange. It took argon, mercury, and phosphorescent coatings to create the other colors used in neon signs. By the 19th and 1950s and 1960s, neon had kind of fallen out of favor. There were environmental issues. There were health concerns. Quite honestly, it was very inefficient and expensive. And the popularity kind of dry, uh, died off in the, in the 50s and 60s. But it did have a little revival in the 80s. And I remember, so Ernie may not remember uh, because Ernie's substantially younger than I am. Right, Ernie? Substantially. Substantially younger than I am. But TV shows, one of my favorite TV shows when I was younger was called Mammy Vice. And another one was Mammy, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Magnum P.I. So Mammy Vice and Magnum P.I. also made substantial use of neon signs throughout their show. And one of the most iconic TV show intros, in my opinion, is Miami Vice. And the, you know, you're watching the show, and in big, if I remember, it was a pink and a blue or a pink and a purple, but I think it was like a bluish purple. The logo for the. That's the main. That's the main theme song, and I know it's all synthesizer, but it it almost sounds like bongo drums, or I don't know. It's got like a Caribbean feel, or very, very iconic. And obviously, so yeah, just an iconic, iconic song. And again, the the beats of that music just sound kind of Caribbean, kind of uh, very Miami ish. Great cast there with Don Johnson, who's made several movies recently. He was even in a Tarantino movie recently. Django, my goodness. Don Johnson even made a little cameo in Django, which I thought was pretty awesome. And Don Johnson drove a famous Ferrari in that movie, in the TV show. And Philip Michael Thomas was his right-hand man. And they went all through Miami kind of solving drug deals undercover. It was kind of, it was kind of a good show in the 80s. Maybe, uh, I don't know if it would survive now, but definitely a good show in the 80s. And Edward James Olmos was the captain or lieutenant captain, something like that. 
and one of the first Latinos I saw on TV. And he was just a, a kind of a role model. And I just kind of looked up to him ever since I was a little kid. So anyway, Neon was widely used in that movie, in that TV show. And it kind of made a little bit of a comeback. But again, because of the environmental issues and health concerns and the expense, Neon Sign has kind of of gone away. And that's been replaced by what, Ernie? Do you know? It starts with an L. It has less letters. It's L-E-D. L-E-D, yeah. So brighter, much easier. And again, I don't want to get into it, but my understanding is it burns hotter. But uh, somebody can chime in and let me know if that's true or not. But LED. Uh, but a great museum. I'm really excited to go back there again. So I'll be happy to be Ernie's tour guide as we tour the American Sign Museum in wonderful Cincinnati, Ohio. So I want to make one last comment before we move on. I want to give a shout out or a little uh, little bit of history about the bridge we're on. Uh, and this is the second time I'm going to say this. So feel free to go to my Instagram and make fun of me. I'm going to pronounce it as the John Roebling Suspension Bridge. Could be Raybling, could be something like that. But I'm going to call it the John Roebling Suspension Bridge. Uh, originally called the Cincinnati Covington Bridge because of the neighboring township right there across the river in Kentucky, Covington. And it basically spans the Ohio River between Cincinnati and Kentucky. What's kind of cool is in 1866, when it was constructed, it was the longest suspension bridge in the world at just over a thousand feet. Again, the longest suspension bridge in the world at just over a thousand feet. Do we know what bridge surpassed it? Also designed by Mr. John Ribling. Do you want to take a shot at? <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'm gonna guess the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> Check out the big brains on Ernie. The Brooklyn Bridge. Also designed by John Rebling. Super, super awesome. And it was substantially bigger. That bridge in Ohio, or I'm sorry, in New York, was 1883, so less than 20 years later. And it was almost 500 feet longer. So Cincinnati was 1057. The Brooklyn Bridge, 1595. So a substantial improvement in materials, engineering, design, metalworks, the whole nine yards. And he was able to design a much longer bridge. So just... That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have... This is a family show, Ernie. We're going to have to be careful with that. (laughs) Super, super funny. Thank you. One one interesting little factoid that one of my alums, so Stacy, if you're out there in Cincinnati, Ohio, I know you're listening. When she took me on the first tour of the bridge... She explained to me that it's only a pedestrian bridge. It's closed to automobile traffic because of the weight and some issues with the bridge. So it's only a pedestrian bridge. And again, that's currently where Ernie and I are standing. Ernie in Kentucky and me in Ohio. Very, very cool. Okay, so I think we're done with that. All right, so Juan, I think, I think we need to give our, our listeners a little break from the, from the educational piece and let's get back to the music. Um, I want to introduce this group because they are probably one of my, I wouldn't say favorites, but through college, I, I was listening to the, this this group and they were founded back in 2006. Juan, can you tell me who this group is? That sounds like silence to me, Ernie. Huh? <laughs> Shut up, Juan. All right. <laughs> Shut up and dance, Ernie. 
I'm going to be extremely so, yeah. candid with the audience, right? Candid, candid as candid can be. And I'm going to tell the audience that I have no earthly idea who that is. So Juan has never walked on the moon before. Unlike, unlike Neil Armstrong, who has walked on the moon. No, I did not know that was walk on the moon. Is it walk? Walking? Walked on the moon? Walk on the moon? Walk on the moon? Walk on the moon. Yeah. Okay. Wow. No, I did not know that. Is there anybody else from Cincinnati, Ohio? Well, before we get there, Juan, I gotta get I gotta get the music ready for you. We got more music. Uh, if we don't have the music, we don't. What, what are we doing here? You know. Here we go, Juan. Can you tell me? Let's try it again. Let's try it again. Hold on. All right, Juan. Can you tell me who are the Isley Brothers? Okay, so I got this one. So I'm very happy to say, or not happy. I'm embarrassed to say I didn't know Walk on the Moon. The Isley Brothers, I absolutely do know them for one very famous reason, is one of their earliest recordings is a song near and dear to my heart called Twist and Shout. That is correct. (laughs) And ladies and gentlemen, why was that a slam dunker of a question? Because Twist and Shout was used in my favorite movie of all time called Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah! <laughs> love that movie, love that song, love that scene. It's the parade scene at towards the end. Matthew Broderick is on, Matthew Broderick as Ferris Bueller is in a parade dancing on the float, singing Twist and Shout. One of the best scenes of the best movies. Love it, love it. That's an easy one, Ernie. I agree. I mean, the, just a parade scene where he sings a song and they're observing him as friends. It's just iconic. I just, oh my gosh, love that. Love that scene. Love that movie. So maybe, maybe that's a good segue to our contest. Listeners, if you don't know, first time listeners, we have a contest every week and we challenge our listeners to send us a song from a movie that just captures the moment, evokes an emotion, or is just just a great song from a great movie. And today's entry is from one of our friends, Lucy. And I know Lucy is listening out there. So today's winner is, uh, it's a movie that you guys have never heard of before. It's about a young lady that gets caught up in a tornado. There's flying monkeys. There's a road made out of rare materials or weird materials. Sounds like the movie has a lot of heart. There's talking animals. There's a couple of witches that get crushed. Wait, wait, Juan. I, th- I think I know exactly what you're talking about, Juan. You're talking about Dr. Doolittle with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Iconic. Dr. Doodle. Dr. Doolittle. Absolutely, positively wrong. Not, 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 not Dr. Doolittle. But the super iconic, if not, I don't know, this might be the number one most famous movie of all time. And it's near to, near dear to my heart because it's my niece's favorite movie. So a shout out to Andrea, I, who's pursuing her master's degree in engineering. And I remember watching Woo. this movie with her. Huge shout out to her. Huge brain. I remember sitting on the couch and watching this movie with her over and over and over again. But of course, we're talking about The Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz. Ernie, when was The Wizard of Oz? When did the movie come out? Oh, man. That's a very old movie. I'm going to say... It's filmed in black and white, so there's a clue. But when did The Wizard of Oz come out? I'm going to guess 1939. 1939. 1939. And this song comes out in The Wizard of Oz. Somewhere over the rainbow, 
drums and a lullaby. How classic was that? Over the Rainbow. I don't think you could play that and not a person identify that song. I mean, even if you haven't watched the movie. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Just, just an amazing song, a great movie, 1939, Judy Garland. We're not in Kansas anymore. Uh, so many iconic lines and scenes from that movie. Just love it. Hit your heels together. Click your heels. To- How many times, Ernie? Three times. Three times, and you're out of there. Want to go home, want to go home, want to go home. Back to Kansas, back to L.A. for Ernie. But no, we've got a couple more days in Cincinnati. We're going to do some good stuff in Cincinnati, Ohio. So a shout out to Lucy, again, one of our best friends out there in Los Angeles, who sent us that contest winner, and she'll be receiving a cup of coffee from Juan's side of the story. So as always, listeners, please let us know. Go to uh, our website, juansideofthestory.com. Or to our Instagram, Juan Side of the Story, and let us know what song from what movie you just love. So thank you, Lucy, for that. Coffee is on us. I love you 3,000. Robert Downey Jr. said it best to Lucy. Thank you, Lucy. We love you. For the second time today, Ernie takes any crack in the door, any crack in the door to throw in a Marvel or Disneyland reference. My gosh. Shameless. Shameless. No shame. I get it. I get it. So one little last. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? We're going to head out of here. I'm very hungry. I could go go for some chili, Juan, whether it's on fries, hot dog, burger. I'm getting chili. Absolutely. Positively. So let's wrap up today's episode with just a couple more things. I think these are just awesome. And I've mentioned them both already in today's podcast, but two things that are just Super important to me are art and sports, and very specifically baseball. So we cannot leave Cincinnati without talking about uh, art and sports. First, is Cincinnati just has some of the most iconic murals in the country. It might even be the mural capital of the United States. It is phenomenal. And that's what I've heard some people say. It's the mural capital of the United States. I think some cities you know, could lay a challenge to that. But Cincinnati, the mural capital of the United States, just has a lot of wonderful displays downtown. Within three or four blocks, I remember walking around the last time I was there and just seeing so many fabulous murals. I'm very excited about that. But something else that's interesting about Cincinnati is there, I cannot tell you how infatuated they are and how much the city and state and region, the whole Midwest region, love Fiona the hippo in the local zoo. So Fiona the hippo at the zoo. And earlier this year, so we kind of missed this one as well, but earlier this year, earlier this year, Fiona was given a little baby brother, a little brother, was born on August the 3rd. And <laughs> that's right. Fiona has a little brother born on August the 3rd. And I cannot believe this. They wanted suggestions, as you might expect, on what to name the new little tyke, the new little boy, and 90,000, 90,000 name suggestions went out uh, from 60 countries, according to the zoo, 90,000 suggestions from 60 countries, and it was narrowed down to two, and Fiona's little brother was going to be named Fritz or Ferguson, and if you can believe this, 90,000 name suggestions came in. And when they narrowed it down to Fritz and Ferguson, 
223,000 votes came in. I don't even know if Biden or Trump got that many votes in Ohio. But Fritz and Ferguson were put on the ballot. And Ernie, do you want to, I know you don't know this answer, I don't think, but it's 50-50. So take a shot. Did the people of the world, not even Cincinnati or Ohio, but did the people of the world vote for Fritz or did they vote for Ferguson? I'm going to guess Fritz. You are correct. The second. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but I can't believe I'm going to say this twice in one episode, but check out the big brain on Ernie. So Fritz was born uh, again on August the 3rd, the baby brother to Fiona, just one of the most beloved, uh, I'm going to say citizens of Cincinnati, Ohio. And then the last little thing I'm going to leave you with is that the Cincinnati Red Stockings are the oldest professional baseball team in the United States. And they were founded in 18... (laughs) They were founded in 1869. uh, The Cincinnati Red Stockings. 1869. So just a lot of history in Cincinnati. A wonderful city. uh, The Ohio River. Lots of good food. Again, I'm going to go try to find a drink four or five stories underground in a bunker. I'm looking forward to that. Ernie, I, uh, you know, we're going to enjoy the next couple of days in Cincinnati, but let's give our listeners a little shout out to where are we headed to next week. If I'm not mistaken, we're going to be in Albuquerque, New Mexico. You are not. I like how you pronounce that. And you are not mistaken. But why are we going to Albuquerque, New Mexico? Nuevo Mexico. Nuevo Mexico. Hot air balloons. The world, world, world famous hot air balloon show in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Nuevo Mexico. This is the first time I'm going to do this. I'm not going to ask the listeners for a food recommendation because I know exactly where to go in Albuquerque. And we're going to have some green chicken enchiladas. And Ernie's going to love that. Wait, you're not going to ask our audience? I should have said that. You feel free. Feel free to chime in. Go to Juan Sada's story on Instagram and give us some recommendations. But I promise we're going to have some of the world's best green chicken enchiladas in Nuevo Mexico. I cannot wait. Looking forward to that. So... Again, coming to you live from one of the one of my favorite cities in the world, Cincinnati, Ohio. My name is Juan Holguin. I think the American Sign Museum is awesome. I think the Red Stockings are awesome. The Isley Brothers are awesome. But then again, that's just Juan's side of the story. Adios, amigos.